presentation from the Utah Open Source Conference held August 28th through 30th, 2008 is underwritten by Tier 4, providing scalable, reliable, affordable co-location services to businesses and individuals worldwide, tier4.com. Streaming and podcast hosting bandwidth for this and many other presentations at podcast.utos.org has been provided by Tier 4. The presentation, entitled Drupal, From Blank to Blog in 30 Minutes, was presented by Dirk Howard. system. Let me uh, hand out some um, course pieces so you can follow along. Drupal is a content management system that uh, is going to allow you to manage the content of your website in a database so that you can put things in and then have the system automatically generate pieces, keep things up to date, allow interaction with multiple users so that you deal with more of the high-level concepts of what it is that you want to present, whether that is uh, just um, some very simple website or something more complex. So what kinds of things can you do with Drupal? Well, Probably the first thing that most people think of nowadays is putting up a blog, whether it's a company blog or a personal blog, someplace where you can keep a running tally of your thoughts, ideas, events, other things that you do very typically are galleries. You want to share your photos, you want to be able to um, share designs, uh, other artwork. You might also want to run forums where people can log in, exchange ideas, can argue back and forth, do whatever you want there. Another thing that you can do with Drupal straight out is that you can do collaborative authoring. So if you wanted to work on a book or some kind of massive document, it has tools to allow you to do that. And because Drupal is extensible and can be added on, there's so much more that can be done with it as well. Starting into Drupal, probably the first thing you need to do is find out what are the uh, things you need to be able to run an installation or what you need to have to host Drupal. Well, first off, you need a web server. Uh, the recommended web server is the Apache web server. Uh, it also will work with uh, the Microsoft IIS, so you can get it to run there as well. You need also to have PHP. Drupal is primarily a PHP-based uh, engine that drives the content management portions of the uh, site. Um, recommended that you use the PHP 5.2 or higher, but it also works very nicely with the PHP 4.7 as well. And then you need to have a database server. And it will use either the uh, MySQL or Postgres, depending on um, which one that you have a preference. One caveat that I have on using the Postgres is some modules are, haven't been abstracted correctly, and they have direct MySQL calls. Because Drupal grew up out of being on MySQL as its only database. So if you go into Drupal, uh, be aware that if you pick and look at some of the modules that are older, you may have some problems with that. But uh, what I've seen is a lot of the currently modified and supported modules, they're all 
uh, abstracted so that you can use the um, Postgres. So that's all you need for running Drupal. That uh, can be obtained with a lot of different uh, hosting accounts nowadays. So planning out your uh, Drupal installation, you've got several things that you need to do to kind of plan things out as far as what you want to pick up and to select. In Drupal, there's primarily three different versions of Drupal that are available right now. There is a 7x release, which is the um, ongoing development work. Uh, it is unstable and should be used primarily for a developer type of environment. So you want to create modules, you want to extend Drupal functionality. That would be where you would do uh, development work. Uh, if you're looking for a production system, then you need to either take a look at the Drupal 6 or the Drupal 5x releases. Uh, Drupal 5 has been around for quite some time, uh, very stable. It's going to support some features in some of the older modules that you may not find in the Drupal 6x. Um, the Drupal 6 has now been out for about a year. Um, the reason to go to the Drupal 6 is that they've made some extreme improvements on its performance. Uh, much faster uh, parsing, a much better system for plugging in additional modules, uh, has better um, template caching, has better data management. Um, it just seems to run a lot better. But if you have a a critical module for business reasons that only runs on the five, it's still available, but it, it's pretty much code locked and only very um, set or very serious security problems will be fixed in that. After you select your uh, base module or your base system, you'll want to take a look at what modules uh, that you might want to uh, install and run for your Drupal installation. Um, things that you might take a look at would be um, media files or particular project management type things. Let me just switch over to the Drupal. How many of you have looked at Drupal before this presentation? Okay. Drupal has a lot of different uh, modules. As you can see here on the left, we've got the two main um, production releases, and then you have modules. To best navigate the Drupal site, I really recommend that you get yourself a setup or a login for that, because being logged in and part of the Drupal community allows you to run filters and sort various modules and themes by the platform. So it makes it easier to find things that are compatible. So if we take a look at the modules, and we can filter down the modules, we see that uh, we have quite a few things, you know, anywhere from event planning to e-commerce, editors. Um, media is one area that I'm going to show because I'd like to be able to have some photo capabilities. So we've got photo albums, um, various different slideshows, the one that I'm going to show as part of our of this installation is I'm going to take a look at the image module and then image assist. 
the image module is going to allow us to upload images to be stored within the Drupal installation. And it's going to do some things for me, like create thumbnails and preview sizes and you know, kind of manage and optimize my images so that um, they're not necessarily my huge raw photos. And then the image assist is going to allow me to actually link and embed those images directly within any of the types of text or stories or blog postings that I would want to have on the Drupal site. So we've got modules. Next is themes. Um, out of the box, Drupal supports or has, I think it's four or five default themes. Um, but one of the nice things about Drupal is that you can find a large number of additional themes. Um, you can go into the come back over here to the Drupal site. We can find various themes that we could add to our site to give it a better look and feel than maybe what comes out of the box. If these little um, thumbnail views don't give you enough of a view of what it can do, there's a site called themegarden.org, which allows you to see the themes on a live website. It's kind of a lot like the uh, uh, Zen Garden is for cascading style sheets for just showing what can be done um, overall with uh, uh, cascading style sheets. And for the demonstration that I would like to do, um, I thought this Light Fantastic would be a nice little template to use. And then finally, you, after you've selected your collection of base uh, modules that you're going to add on, your themes, you probably want to go through and do one last check for compatibility to see whether or not there's any warnings of uh, you know, whether this module is only uh, MySQL or if it's been properly abstracted, if there's any kinds of uh, issues along like that. Um, most of the 6X is always, has been uh, properly abstracted, so it's mostly a, a 5X release issue that you'd have to worry about. So. So getting to work, verify your server is set up. And most of the times, that's going to be just talking either to the hosting provider, or if you're the, uh, the hosting provider and you're running your own server, make sure you've got the Apache, you've got your PHP, you've got a database, and you're ready to go that way. You'll need to download your software, modules, and themes. Depending on whether you have shell access on the server where you're going to be hosting this will depend on whether you unpack and uh, upload it or whether you just uh, untar the uh, system files in place on the server. And once you have the files on the web server, you're going to use a web browser to do your final configuration directly on the host itself. Go through your answers, question and answer on the setup. Go through the installation of additional modules. So that, in a nutshell, 
is what we're going to have to deal with to get uh, Drupal up and going. So who's ready? You ready to see this live? Okay. I have a user, Joe user. He's got a basic web hosting account somewhere. And this is his initial login page he got from the setup of the host. Pretty boring and needs some serious work. So, Joe comes in and is logged into his account. Oops, caps lock off. So into the public directory, we can see he's got one directory of file. We're going to get rid of that and replace it with a Drupal installation. So so that's gone. And then we had I had in a download file or directory the Drupal components of what I wanted to install for this system. So here I have the base Drupal installation. I have my two image modules. And then down here at the bottom, I have the um, theme module that I wanted to take in and put over the top. So the first thing is I need to extract Drupal into my public HTML directory. So just taking a quick look at that, Drupal is set to install into a directory and then push everything out from there. So during my installation, I'm going to strip off that first directory structure so it installs correctly right here in place. So I now have Drupal basically installed into my directory and ready to begin configuration. How many of you go through the readme's and the installs like a good person. <laughs> All right. Yep. As a last resort. So we're going to do this like most of you would probably do, do it as last resort. We'll come here and we'll just launch it up. Oh, so far so good. And at least came up and asked me what kind of language I want to install. Since English is my language. Well, first off is it tells me that I have some issues that need to be resolved. I have to set up a default settings file, and I need to get the permission set. And then I also have a uh, directory site's default files that I need to get set up before it can continue. So let's go over. And I need to copy the site's default default settings to site's default settings.php. And I also need to give permissions so that the web server can be able to write that. And in this particular setting, uh, the web server is a member of this user's private group. So all I'm going to have to do on this is give it read-write permissions for the group on that. So that takes care of the first piece that we had that it was asking for. The other is that it asked for a directory. And that was in the site default and it needs a files directory. This is going to be where it's going to store any of your uploaded images, attachment files, um, you know, those kinds of items will be stored here. 
So we'll put, create that, and then we also need to give the web server rights to that directory as well. Okay. Back over. Reload. Finished with our error messages and ready to continue on. Here's where we get to choose the database that we've been given access to for this account. Uh, I'm just going to show the straightforward MySQL. Uh, the Postgres is going to be pretty much the same kinds of uh, questions and answers of going through the configuration. So ask for the database name. And in this case, it is Joe User. The username for logging into the database, Joe User. The password, and down here we have advanced options. If you needed to specify a, a database host other than localhost, you'd enter that here. If you needed to specify a port other than the default communication port for the uh, server that you're talking to, you'd do that. But down here we have a table prefix. By default, if you don't use this, you can have one Drupal installation per database. Now, if Joe User can have multiple databases, then he can put up multiple uh, Drupal installations, each having its own uh, full database to support it. If you get just one database for your account on that host, and you think you might want to run multiple instances of Drupal, you can put on a prefix so that it can uh, sort things out. So we might put in, in this case, uh, Drupal 1 underscore. So all of the tables associated with this installation will have this prefix uh, in the database. So it makes it very easy to support multiple Drupal installations from a single database system. So we get that set. We'll save and continue. Okay. We now have a Drupal installation. It's telling us that we need to lock down the default settings.php. So let's go. Oops, let's go back over to here, and we're going to change that so that the web server doesn't have rights to that file anymore. And we should be ready to go with now the configuration of Drupal. Okay. This first piece here, the site name, is going to be what is the name of this Drupal site? Uh, it could be the URL. It could be you know the name of the user. It could be the company name. Could be a project name. Whatever it is that you would like here. So I'm going to put. For this, Joe User, and it's going to ask for the site email address. This is going to be the email address that any confirmation emails uh, would come from. Um, so when a person um, goes to register an account, uh, the confirmation communication will come from this particular account. So. Well, this will be set that. The username for the administrator. The first account that is 
created in Drupal is going to be kind of a special one. It's going to have full rights to everything. Accounts made after that, uh, you'll have to put them into the correct role for managing or you know doing whatever you have to do. So you can have spaces in it. Um, it'll allow that. Just no underscores. Punctuations are not allowed, well, except for the periods, hyphens, and underscores. So question marks and other, you know, the specials aren't going to be allowed. So we get the email address, finally a password, it grades you on how strong your password is. Tells you whether or not you're able to type the same thing twice. You can set the default time zone for your Drupal installation. So in this case, I've got that set for a mountain. Does it automatically base it on the machine you're on? It automatically will pick the machine's uh, time zone that you have set. So if you've got it just to UTC, that's what you'll be seeing here, and you could adjust it. This next area is um, clean URLs. If your installation supports um, the um, um, okay, blank. Uh, it's the mod rewrite if it supports mod rewrite correctly, you'll be able to uh, say whether or not you have enabled clean URLs or not. Clean URLs uh, make it really nice because what it happens to do is it gets rid of some of the nastiness up here with this question mark parameter that is being passed in on the uh, URL. Um, in this situation, I don't have uh, mod rewrite set for the mod user type of uh, logins. But if we moved it over to uh, a full uh, domain or something like that, um, fairly easy to get set up with the mod rewrite that gets the clean URLs. And then we've got whether or not to check for updates. We'll save and continue. Okay, installation is complete. We may now visit our new site. Okay, first thing it does is it brings up kind of a message that's letting you know that you have a fresh site that has nothing done to it. We have no content and we need to get some administration pieces done. By default on Drupal, it allows in the user management, it allows that everybody can create, that visitors can create their account and that no administration approval is required. Probably not, you know, it depends on, you know, your personal philosophy. I think that uh, people on my site should go through an approval process because I hate spammers. So I'm going to change that right off. We can write uh, registration guidelines and um, information on the emails that goes out to people. Um, welcome aboard whether or not they can have a signature associated with their user account, whether or not they have a picture associated. That's something that, we can, that you could deal with in depth at a later point. But right now, I just wanted to turn off that users and kind of get looking at uh, the overall system. Clicking on the Administer tab, it brings up kind of a um, a console page that gives you some quick links into some of the pieces that you will 
commonly deal with, one of the things that you should probably take a look at and become fairly familiar with is this section down here on reports. Status report is one that you want to visit probably not necessarily on a daily basis, but you probably want to visit it, you know, a week or every other week because what you will see is the status on the updates and configuration of the modules, themes, and that that you already have installed. So if somebody updates that module or updates a theme that you're using, you'd like to know about it because maybe it's fixing a bug that uh, could leave your system exposed. So let's run the cron job, take a look, and see if we get anything out of it. So right now, things are looking pretty good. So our report system is looking pretty decent. We can take a look also at your log entries so that you can see what's, being, what's happening against your system. This is where you'll see um, access um, issues, where you'll see attempts at somebody to log into your system that is failing. Uh, give you an idea if you're you know, being hacked on. So these two areas are probably good areas to take a look at, you know, at least once a week. So we've got our basic system. If we come back up here, we still have our welcome to Drupal, you've got no content type of message. So we still have some things that we want to take a look in the modules, probably the themes, and then we can start posting some content. So let's go take a look at the module list. Modules are where you modify and configure and set up what kinds of actions that your Drupal installation can do. There's a group of things that it just gets by default. Let's just scroll down here to the bottom. The cord required pieces. This is what everybody gets to be able to run any of the modules. You've got a block manager. It manages blocks of content that can be displayed. You have filtering to be able to search through and move through uh, data. You have Node, which is the ability to actually have content pages or elements of content. Uh, you have a user registration and login system. Those are the core components. So you don't have to worry about uh, creating your own user management system. It's built right in. You have the ability with that to be able to flag groups, to create groups and levels of um, rights so that you can um, create, you know, not only full site administrators, but you could say, I have a forum manager type of user, and they have rights to uh, manage and work with the forum. So you've got all that. Some of the things that we wanted to be able to do is, I wanted to do the blog. And maybe, yeah, maybe I won't, yeah, maybe we'll turn on the contact piece. We'll come and look at that. Form, we'll maybe turn on the form later if we have time. But those two pieces, I think, will be enough to get us going with some of the other things that we're going to want to do. Question for you. Yes. On the upload, is there a way to limit the size or limit the total size of the, their, their content? I do believe so because I think that what you can do is under the site configuration. Let's actually go turn on the upload and down.
So this is the area where we primarily turn on and off modules. We have configuration pieces that we would have to deal with. So here is the file uploads. So we can have information on maximum resolution. There we go. Maximum total file size per user. So at default it sets out at one meg. So you could that's the individual file that's being uploaded? Yes. Okay, we've got default maximum per file and total. Yeah. Okay. So that's all of the files that the user has on the site. So you can you can set both of those. So we can take a look at the image toolkit. Out of the box, the image toolkit uses uh, the GD toolkit. Uh, one of the things we're going to see when we install the image piece is it's going to allow us to use image magic tools. And it's going to give us a, a lot of functionality there. So at this point, we do have some basic pieces. Let's try to create some content. Well, since we were trying to look at mostly bringing up a blog, First post. All right. We have areas where you can specify additional uh, information of what the content is. You can see revision information. You can create a log message, um, comment settings, file attachments. You can change your authoring information, you know, backdata uh, blog. Let's say you've been on vacation, but you want to still keep it in a chronological order of what happened. You can backdate entries. You have options for how it's going to publish. So when we save this, it's going to go to a published, and it's also going to promote this to the front page. So let's take and save. So we now have first post. We're seeing this down in Joe User's blog, down through the hierarchy structure. But if we come up to the home page, it's also been promoted there. So we'll see what gets promoted to the the home page, and we can go in and configure how many elements and what kind of elements get promoted to that home page. So we can either, you know, have all kinds of content, or we can have just very specific things, like maybe we're going to have blogs and articles go there. Um, uh, image posting. Um, I'll show you on that because we need that image module to really make that happen. So let, that, that's actually, well, why don't we dig that into that? Yeah. When someone asks you a question, you mind repeating? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The question was, what about image postings? And uh, to handle image postings, well, you really need that image and the image assist modules to, to make that all work very nicely. So. Let's go and add in um, those two new modules. What I need to do is I need to be in my Drupal installation directory. And I have a directory called modules. And you can see that there is a collection of the modules that we have for the system. There you can see the blog module, there's the book module, so we've got a lot of things, but we need to get the um, image um, module. So let's take a look at what we had.
so I've got this image module, and it's going to untar just correctly right here. So let's get that untarred. We don't need to worry about stripping anything. And I also get the image assist. So we now have those two new modules available in the directory structure. So I just need to come back over to um, the Drupal and I need to go to modules. Yeah. At least I got first post. <laughs> okay. So down here at the bottom, here is this new image collection. So I'm going to turn on image, the image assist, attach, gallery, the import, and the advanced image magic options. Okay. Remember where I told you that reports are your friends? Oh, we got some things we need to fix. And that's from when we got things installed. Um, right here, we've got an image magic include file that we need to get moved to the correct location. So, so we've got this image magic include that needs to be copied into my includes directory. Okay, that took care of the red one, but we need to select it, and then I also have an image import that needs to be done. So let's go take care of those real quick. Turn on the image magic. Now it has some information that we need to deal with. The path to the convert binary, that looks good. Strip meta on anything below 150 by 150. All of that I think I can handle. We'll just take that. So we've got that, and then, uh, what's it? Images. Okay, the default image path, that is underneath the files directory, like that. Maximum upload. Okay, we've got a thumbnail at 100 by 100, a preview at 640 by 640, and if I leave the maximum uh, width and height for the original, it will leave it in the raw form of what it was uploaded. I'm going to just do a quick little resizing on that, if I can type. Okay, so we've got images set. All right. Apparently I talked too much because I had this going a little faster, but 
We've got the image import. Oh, yes, thank you. I'm going to actually pull this from and then image gallery. So it got those. Now one of the things that may not have been intended is when I brought all those in, because I didn't do anything to the gallery, it's going to promote all those photos to my front page. It may not have been what I wanted. Also, the first time that these were viewed, it had to regenerate various thumbnails. So that may not have been what I wanted. Let's do one quick thing on the content. Let me show you content management. And we're going to take a look at content types. I don't want to promote that to my front page on gallery items. Is there a way to control that by security, user security as well? Um, I don't know that answer right off. I would suspect yes, but I don't know right off. What about the, first, what about the most five recent pictures and then all else once they've been taken from those five? That, I don't know for sure. That might actually take either some additional add-on modules or might take a little bit of work on your end to get that level of functionality. So one of the things I'm going to do is take a look at things that have been promoted and things that are images. Uh, let's see. Uh, status is promoted and yeah. 
status is promoted and type is image. Okay. So we now see these are all of my images. They have been promoted to that front page. I want to demote them from the front page. So I'm now back to a point. One last thing before we go. We don't have an access to the gallery itself. So we need to get the gallery, and we need to do that by changing one of our menus. So let's go to navigation, and I need to go to not under the create, but I want, oh, where was the gallery? Oh, right up here. Where was it? Image galleries, it's disabled, so we need to turn on Image galleries. Save that configuration. And so now image gallery shows up in our navigation. And we can see things along there. Adding in images with the image assist, putting them into your blogs, pretty much the same kind of thing. I'm hoping this gives you a brief idea of what you can do with Drupal in a very short order. Um, you know, I, I'd like to continue on with a lot more. Maybe I've got enough time to put on the theme because we... Some Q &A yeah. Let's do some Q&A and if we've got time after that, I'll put on the other theme that we downloaded to take a look Before at that. Before you guys go to that, I just wanted to let you know there are some surveys up at the front here. We really appreciate you guys fill those out. I've got some pens right here. And we wanted to thank Dirk and the OSCC for sponsoring this room, so appreciate that. Any questions? All right. Yes? I noticed you had description fields for your images. Yes. Um. I don't recall directly out of the gallery. Yeah. So we've got here under edit, we've got the title, um, Description for the body. Whether or not they can add comments. I guess it all depends if you wanted something more than just a description for the image itself. If you're looking for something more, you probably either have to um, add on a module for annotation or find way to modify the uh, image module itself for the gallery. And there were, this was just the, uh, just one of the gallery choices that I had. There was other gallery pieces that uh, you could use for managing photos. I just chose this one because it gave me rapid access to also put inline images. Okay. What um, I, th I think that some type of image media type of uh, thing, um, any more um, a website without a lot of rich content, you know, images, sound, um, movies, you know, whether it's a link to YouTube or what have you, I think media is a key point nowadays. Um, probably some of the taxonomy uh, pieces that allows you to classify and to relate things by keywords and categories. Um, you know, 
gets to be very important as the size of your website grows. Um, one of the really nice things about Drupal is because Drupal concentrates so much on the management, it allows you to really drive the content, to really put a lot of information out there. It makes it just so easy to get information into the hands of the people that you're trying to communicate with. So uh, the potential to really explode the amount of data that you put on your website uh, quickly hits a point where the taxonomy um, becomes probably an important one. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, you were talking about users. Now, do you have to be a registered user to view the content? Or no. You you can set up you can set up you know whether you want unregistered users to be able to see content whether they can um, take a look at things whether they can comment uh, you've got all kinds of things you can do here in the access rules and the roles so we've got the anonymous user the authenticated user. Those are the only two you get out of the box. Either you're not authenticated or you are. And then the special is the person that was first uh, came in as uh, the Drupal admin. So you might create another that is an admin if you want to give admin rights to another person. So uh, that's probably one of the first things you do. But in order to actually change the content, you would be registered. You can set that up too. I mean, if you if you're brave enough to allow anonymous users to be able to change your content, you know, go for it. But I wouldn't advise it. But he had a question in the back. Um, never run Joomla. I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, the, the Drupal, quite honestly, I came into it some time ago because it, I wanted to be able to have a system that I could extend uh, rapidly. And I was familiar with uh, modularized PHP, and so it kind of where I landed and really haven't ventured far off of that since. Yes? What's Drupal not good at? Um, Sometimes it is um, a little difficult on, you know, having complete control over that navigation menu. So um, hiding, you know, user login type of thing that might be a little difficult. And it, sometimes it takes a little work to get exactly what you want. Um, you know, really anything you can do with PHP, you can do with Drupal. You know, and if, if uh, you're comfortable as a developer, um, adding a Drupal module can be as simple as, you know, about a half dozen functions and um, four or five files to get a module installed, if it's really simple. If it's very complex with a lot of user rights and all that, it'll take a little bit of programming time, but it's fairly clean. Secure. When I, when I logged in on a particular website, 
it said, you know, enter your username, enter your password. Does Windows remember this? Hmm. You know, remember that you're logged in. Is that, is that like Drupal or is it? That would be a Windows issue of asking whether or not to remember the password. That's a browser. I think we can take that one way. Yeah. Have a discussion over there if you'd like. Let's okay. thank Jerk. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.